Hey, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today you learn about why sensitive questions won't make conversations as uncomfortable as you think. Then we'll answer a listener question about why static is worse in winter than in summer. You'll also learn why bacon and eggs go together so well. Mmm, let's satisfy some curiosity. Some delicious, delicious curiosity. If you're like a lot of people, you tend to avoid asking questions that feel too sensitive or personal. I mean, who really wants to ask a colleague how much money they make? Or if they've ever had an affair? Kind of personal. But new research shows that sensitive questions won't make conversations as awkward as you think. In fact, it's avoiding these topics that can really cost you. So for a study published this month, a trio of researchers wanted to find out if those direct questions would actually make people feel uncomfortable or if we're all just overly polite. So over a series of experiments, they asked participants to chat with people. Sometimes it was with strangers, other times with friends, sometimes via text, other times in person. In every experiment, one group had to ask a series of personal questions. And regardless of who they were chatting with, people predicted those questions would make their partners extremely uncomfortable. And it would damage their relationships. Even after the conversations, the question askers still felt worried that they had made things uncomfortable. Well, here's the surprising part. Those predictions and worries were always wrong. For the most part, people said they were much more comfortable with the sensitive questions than the askers predicted. In fact, nothing really made a difference in their discomfort levels. Question answerers who had been asked those sensitive questions felt just as comfortable and rated their partner just as highly as those who had been asked more polite questions. That's good news because there are often important reasons for asking sensitive questions. If you're thinking about a move or considering a new job, it's smart to ask about salary or cost of living. If you're starting a new relationship, it's important to gather information about past relationships and infidelities and preferences. According to the researchers, people just have difficulty predicting how a conversation will go and how people will react. But we spend so much time shying away from sensitive topics that we never get the chance to learn that they're easier than we think. Now, on the other hand, the researchers don't say you should just throw manners out the window. The next time you need to ask a sensitive question, give yourself some time to prepare. Think about what you want to ask, why you want the information, and if there's context you can use to explain why you're asking. Help the other person understand why you're curious. It'll probably go better than you think. We got a listener question from Sandy, who writes, Why do we only get static-filled hair in the wintertime? There are dry climate conditions in the summer, but I can't recall any super annoying and sometimes embarrassing situations involving static-filled hair in the summer. Why is this? Great question. So, I'm not sure where you live, Sandy, but one thing's for certain. In some places, static is a big problem in the summer. Deserts, for example, are chock-full of static electricity. Just take a look at the many online complaints by Las Vegas summer tourists getting zapped in casinos. And in some deserts, the static is so powerful that they can fuel massive dust storms. You already alluded to the reason that Las Vegas summers and Chicago winters experience so much static. The air is dry. See, static electricity is just a buildup of electric charge. 
Certain materials create more static electricity than others. Some give up electrons, giving the materials a positive charge, and some attract electrons, giving them a negative charge. So when you put on a winter hat, your hair gives up electrons to the fibers in the hat. Your hair is then positively charged. So when you take the hat off, your hair wants to go with it. So why does dry air make it worse? Because electrons tend to clump together when the air is dry. See, the more freely electrons can travel, the less they collect in one place, which means they build up less of a charge. Electrons travel easily through water, so if there's plenty of water vapor in the air, there's no static buildup. But they can't travel easily through the air itself, because air is an insulator. So the dry air leads to a bigger buildup, hence more of a charge. As far as having staticky hair in the wintertime and not the summer, there could be a few different reasons. One is that your region just doesn't get dry enough in the summer to cause problems. The warmer the air, the more moisture it can hold. So even if it feels like a dry heat, the air may still be more humid than it is in the winter. But sweat is another source of moisture. If your scalp is perspiring in the heat, your hair probably won't build up any static. If you want to avoid staticky hair in winter, focus on keeping your hair moisturized with a leave-in conditioner or less frequent washes so the charge can't build up. Good luck and thanks for your question, Sandy. If you have a question, send it in to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Some foods pair perfectly. Bacon and eggs, sushi and soy sauce, and even oysters and champagne. These things are all decent on their own, but when paired, the way the flavors complement each other takes things to a new and delicious level. This is all because of a phenomenon called umami synergy. Ashley, do you know what umami is? I sure do. It's kind of a savory flavor that you get with meat and aged cheeses. And yeah, it's, I think it's, I think of all the five basic flavors, umami is my favorite. Nice. And like you said, it's most often associated with meat, but it's also present in plenty of other dishes. And umami is caused by the presence of a chemical in food called glutamate. Glutamate is a component of an amino acid called glutamic acid, which is in turn a component of protein. So protein-heavy foods tend to be full of it. Glutamate is also produced by the bacteria involved in fermentation, and that's why fermented foods like soy sauce, kimchi, and aged cheeses have a lot of it too. Now, your tongue has taste receptor proteins specifically for glutamate. Still, glutamate doesn't have a particularly strong flavor on its own. It needs help sometimes. And this is where umami synergy comes in. When glutamate is combined with molecules called 5' prime nucleotides, the umami flavor increases 15-fold. And that's because while umami taste receptors can bind to glutamate alone, they can also bind to 5' prime nucleotides. When a taste receptor binds to both chemicals, it holds on to the glutamate molecule longer than it would normally, and that creates a much stronger umami sensation. So when a food that is rich in one umami component is combined with another, the foods taste better together than the sum of their parts. Champagne, for example, is rich in glutamate from yeast. Oysters are high in both nucleotides and glutamate, so oysters can literally change the flavor of the wine. And the same goes with eggs and bacon. Eggs contain glutamate, bacon contains nucleotides. Steak and potatoes, tomato sauce and Parmesan cheese. I could go on and on, but it would make me even hungrier than I already am. 
Now, Japanese cuisines specifically create umami synergy from all sorts of seemingly unlikely ingredients, like mushrooms, soy, and seaweed. In fact, Japanese cuisine has this particular interplay in a single seasoning, dashi, made from seaweed and fermented fish. The reason we crave this flavor goes back to our evolutionary roots. Cooked meat is typically high in both glutamate and nucleotides, and our affinity for savory flavors probably led our ancestors to seek out higher-calorie, protein-rich foods. Now that protein and calories aren't as hard to come by for most of us, understanding the chemistry behind umami synergy can help us create healthier, plant-based foods that have those savory flavors that we naturally crave. Delicious. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn how changing your facial expression can make needles hurt less, a molecule in your muscles that may actually respond to magnetic fields, why gossip may be pretty good for you, a trick for cutting down on intrusive thoughts, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that asking personal or sensitive questions probably won't upset your conversation partner as much as you think it will. Basically, the researchers say, you know, be tactful, but if you're sick and tired of small talk, maybe see if you can get a little personal with someone, you know, with the right kind of context and explanation before you do it. Science says that it probably won't ruin your relationship. One of my good friends, Craig, is a a radio host. I used to promote Curiosity Daily on his show, actually, down in Bloomington, and he despises small talk. Like, he'll come over, he'll meet one of my friends for the first time, and he'll be like, what do you think of polyamory? (laughs) Like, just something like, wow, this is not like, what do you do or how's the weather? And I got to tell you, we love hanging out with him. And he's always been that way. And everyone that meets him is like, oh, man, he's a really fun dude. So there's my sample set of one, one exact piece of data. But uh, but I I can see this working, you know, and and it makes for more, way more fun parties. I go to a party and like, you know, oh, what'd you have for dinner last night? Oh, what you drinking? Oh, it's a good beer. I had that beer one time. <laughs> cool. I'm drinking another beer. It's a different <laughs> beer. Tastes a little different. Oh, yeah. I, I had that beer one time, too. Like, <laughs> dude, let's talk about infidelity. Let's make things hot. Come on, man. Afternoon TV, a little daytime soap. Every party could use a little bit of that. Well, yeah, it immediately drops you into an intimate relationship with the person, right? Which you'd think would go wrong, but... It sounds like people just want to have more intimate conversations in general. Yeah, they're fun. We also learned that static is worse in winter because the air is dry. And without that water vapor in the air, electrons can't travel as easily, which means those electrons clump together and they create more of a charge. And you know what happens after that. Zap. So if your hair is bothering you, try to keep it moisturized, either with a leave-in conditioner or by washing it less often so the charge can't build up. Or you could just be me and use so much hair gel that your hair's not going anywhere. Right. And we also learned that bacon and eggs go together so well because of what's called umami synergy. It happens when a taste receptor binds to glutamate and other molecules like nucleotides to create a stronger umami sensation. And we probably like this sensation so much because cooked meat is high in both glutamate and nucleotides. And that probably helped our ancestors build bigger brains and stronger muscles and, you know, help them thrive. A fun fact that I learned when editing this story is that, you know, umami is a Japanese word because it was discovered by a Japanese scientist. 
And one of the sources I was reading actually said, you know, it may be that the Japanese were primed to discover umami because, like you said, dashi is a regular seasoning in Japanese cuisine. And so, you know, we have a salt shaker. So that's salty. We know that salt is salty. We know that sugar is sweet. And the Japanese know that dashi is umami. But, you know, American food doesn't have that. So we don't have that immediate analog to an umami flavor. So it took us a few more steps to get there. Wow. Wonder what kind of beer they're drinking. <laughs> Ichiban. Kirin Ichiban. There are probably better beers over there. I don't know. That's the one I think of. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Ashley Hamer, and Cameron Duke, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Whip up some bacon and eggs. You earned it. Treat yourself. Then join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.